Hello and welcome to the Care It Out Sleep Show, a podcast for tired parents who are searching for a bit more sleep the caring way. I'm your host, Kerry Secker, infant sleep consultant, founder of my unique sleep approach, Care It Out, and your caring sleep supporter. I really hope you'll join me on my mission to get small to settle night's sleep without the tears, training, or techniques. I love talking about sleep and I can't wait to share my sleep subjects with you. My approach to getting you more sleep is simple, straightforward, but above all, it's got to make sense and feel best for you. Ready to get more sleep? Then let's get started. I am really looking forward to another episode this week, and I think it's going to be an episode and a topic, sleep subject that resonates with a lot of you. And today I'm going to be talking all about worry, parenting worry, with Kimberly Thomas, the new mum coach. How are you, Kimberly? Hi, Kerry. I'm great, thank you. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on and talking to us. You're welcome. I'm really excited to be here. Me too. And I know once again, it was very, very, I leave everything to the last minute. So I, I really, really appreciate your flexibility in getting this organised. <laughs> no, I'm really pleased to be here. So thank you. It's going to be great. So today we, I tell you what, why don't we start off with by um, hearing a little bit about you, what you do and yeah, what's your story? Yeah, so um, I'm a mum, first of all, to a gorgeous whirlwind of a two-year-old and I'm currently 30 weeks pregnant actually with baby number two. Uh, I'm a professional coach and a mindful mama hypnobirthing teacher and really my mission is to empower and support mums right through pregnancy, birth, fourth trimester, returning to work and beyond. So that's what gets me out of bed in the morning. (laughs) I love that. Well, congratulations on baby number two. I'm very, very excited. Very, very excited. Do you know what you're having yet? Yes, little boy. It's so exciting. I'm not going to squeal because it will be really (laughs) loud down the mic, but I'm really, really excited. And I, we're so similar, um, Kimberly. Like I, what gets me up in the morning is that drive to, that mission to help empower parents and give them the confidence in a slightly different way of sleep. But we definitely both want the same thing for, for parents. And I think it's such an important thing because there's, well, we're going to get onto the topic of worry, but there's so much out there that can cause worry for parents, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, everybody goes through the, the same experience, but we all approach it different ways and um, worry about different things. So it's, you know, always interesting to, to see. Yeah, it is interesting. So we were talking about this before we hit record, how some people just worrying isn't a natural state to them. They don't, they don't, it's very rare that they'll do it or it's short lived. I think some of us, I think I'm definitely in that category where we tend to worry a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah, me yeah. too. I'm a born warrior. So I've had, yeah. to, had to really work on that myself over the last few years. So yeah, it sounds, seems to be a lot more to worry about all of a sudden when you're responsible for a small person. So yeah, definitely. I definitely worry more now I've got older. Like I look back and some of the things I did in my 20s, like I'd be like, no way could I do that now. <laughs> Like I'm panicking and worrying about just thinking about seeing them. It's crazy. <laughs> but parent worrying, it is normal. And it is normal for parents to worry, right? Yeah, I think so. And, you know, your whole world changes when you become a parent. And I think even during pregnancy, the first thing you're, that parents are often told is, oh, you're pregnant, but don't tell anybody. 
you've got to spend the first 12 weeks worrying (laughs) and then you can tell people and then you've got to worry you know about your next scan and then you worry for the rest of the pregnancy what people worry about birth and then once baby's here there's a huge you know array of things that people find to worry about and I think that's something that we're often not prepared for as parents it's something you don't necessarily get told about or think about Mm. but actually our whole culture around parenthood does invoke a lot of worry and there's lots of rules and things like that or perceived rules um that parents hear about and think oh if I'm not following that or baby's not following that then there's something to worry about which is not necessarily always the case yeah no I agree and I really want to try and well I always try and do this in practice is try to empower parents with their worry I think telling a parent not to worry is neither helpful or healthy because it's a it's normal to worry and the more we try and resist something the more you end up just trying not to think about that worry but by doing that you actually think about it more and it it becomes bigger that way and I think it's really important that I think it is a fine line because I will always hold space and listen to parents listen to anybody but listen to parents and really validate their worries because they are how it feels to them feelings don't fear their feelings are real like it's normal it that's their reality but I also want offer lots of reassurance because I'll be honest that is what gets me out of bed in the morning that and a really strong cup of coffee but knowing that you're making a difference and reassuring people I think it's I think I honestly think that's everything yeah and particularly with sleep I think it's such a hot topic for parents and I think as I was saying to you a bit before you know my daughter Etty she didn't sleep through until she was 20 months and And during that time, I worried about so many different things. I worried if I was ever going to sleep again. I worried about, you know, if it was impacting her, if I wasn't following the rules properly, you know, and lots of people um, have different opinions when, um, when your child's not sleeping through. And it can be quite easy to hear all of those. And that kind of adds fire to your worries. Um, yeah. it's really reassuring to have someone like you who actually talks about biological sleep and that reassurance to parents that actually it, you know you've never done anything wrong your child's sleep is only a problem if it's a problem for you and for them and I think that that's always really reassuring to hear yeah I think the world needs more reassurance but for everybody but <clears throat> I think you are right I, I do you know what it's really interesting I've never thought of it in that way that you do worry being like it's from the get-go as soon as you know you're pregnant you do worry um that actually caught me off guard um I'm sure you know my background but I did I had a miscarriage at about three four years ago now and I didn't it did not cross my mind to worry at all I just didn't think any just I think I was naive to be honest had no idea and then when something did happen it really took me down it took me I had to really work on looking at that and processing it because I just didn't see that happening um where now yes I would definitely worry I I know that I would from a personal perspective go into another pregnancy worrying yeah yeah and I think that's really natural and I think especially when you have been through something like that um and I think the the real cult I mean that that is one of my bugbears I always say to people that you know you don't have to wait until you're 12 weeks to share your news um you know because actually talking about those fears those worries and being part of that 
you know, opening up in those early stages and getting support from other people can be what you need to help you through those worrying months. Mm, no, I definitely agree because then otherwise you, yeah, you don't, like lots of our friends just didn't know because it's yeah. harder to talk about it after. I've got no problem talking. I said to you earlier, Kimberly, that I've got no problem talking about anything. Like I'm an open book, but yeah, I, I now, yes, I would completely agree. Like you need that support, definitely. And I think when it comes to sleep as well, you are completely right. There's so much when it comes to sleep. Are they? Are you creating bad habits? Will you ever sleep again? Is this ever going to get better? And I think when you're in it, that so much worry is comes from waiting. Like waiting is the worst, isn't it? You just don't know when it's going to end or when it's going to get better. And I think that can fuel a lot of worry. And then you've got things like Instagram content and my content included, like however reassuring things can be, they're not going to be for everybody. And I know that. And it can add to that noisy arena out there. Yeah. And I think you're absolutely right. I think if someone had said to me, okay, she's going to sleep through on this date, I would have thought, oh, okay, I can get there. (laughs) And actually going in second time round, I'm a bit like, well, if the baby doesn't sleep, I know he will sleep eventually. So I'm less, I'm much less worried about that than I was first time round. Whereas first time, and actually you'll you'll laugh at this because you know me, and I'm such a planner. And so when when (laughs) Etty was born, even before she was born, I read all the books, you know, I, I honestly, I can't tell you how many books I read about routine and sleep. And, you know, I knew it all of my heart. And I absolutely was certain that by six weeks, all it would take was a bit of shush patting. And I was going to have her sleeping through night for six weeks. Yeah. And she would feed on certain times and she would do this and do that. And, you know, I was just, I was just going to carry on life as normal with a perfectly trained little robot baby. Um, and then I met her <laughs> and it just, yeah, completely. She didn't care about my plan or about the books I'd read or anything. And I think that for me was just such a shock that babies don't just, you know, go along with the calendar. And so, yeah, <laughs> I think um, that's been a huge lesson for me was just that expectation versus reality of what a newborn wants from the world compared to the plan that I'd meticulously made for her. <laughs> Yeah, and I think it's the same with any, I love that, burn the books. Like, and one of the biggest things, strange enough, I was talking about this with um, a parent that I'm working one-to-one with at the moment, but I went to nanny school for two years before becoming a nanny. And I don't actually remember, well, it was a long time ago now, so I don't actually remember what we did for two years in college, but it, I did really enjoy it. And we got, we, what we did learn, which I, which really stuck with me, was that they're manipulating you we are the boss we are in charge we are in control and in theory it sounds like quite a reasonable theory doesn't it It comes back to what you were saying that they're going to sleep when I ask them to sleep they're going to feed when I ask when I feed them I think it took me two weeks to work out on my first nannying job with three children under five that this (laughs) is not going to work out I am not in control I am not in charge and they are completely the boss of me. Like I it had no idea. And once I learned that, that actually children weren't, and I learned this very, very quickly, our children or children we're looking after, they're not ours to control or assert authority over. And we've got absolutely no control over when they sleep, when they eat, when they poop. Yeah. 
Yeah. And this, once I got that, was my, honestly that changed my whole mindset and my whole way I worked with infants as as over my twenty year career as a nanny. I can't believe that it's a long time, but I learned that really quickly. That it's as much as we like to think we are, it's it it's we can't control or coax or convince them to do something that they're just not happy to do or not on their time they don't wear a watch they don't wear a clock they haven't I love that they haven't read the books or for Etty yeah. <laughs> she, she hadn't written the plan <laughs> so true and I think you know thinking about worry is you know when we're at work and often you know people we're having babies slightly later we've had these careers where we're maybe in senior roles or positions have our own businesses and we are used to being in control and things mm. happening at a certain time and things going to plan, you know, having your Gantt charts and this, that and the other and project yeah. planning and, you know, really being on top of everything on your inbox, your meetings, you know, really having things nailed down and being very much in charge. And then suddenly you'll give them a brand new person who doesn't know any of this. And that can be a source of worry in itself because suddenly you're, really out of your comfort zone you know you're at home with your baby and everything's about them nothing's gone to plan or how the book said it would and I think that can be a real trigger for some of the worrying to start and to think you know actually that loss of control can feel quite frightening and can fuel some of those worries and I speak to a lot of um, mums actually about that and about you know the the change from kind of career woman to mum can really take people by surprise in particularly about that not being not being able to control everything in the same way that you can when it's just yourself yeah it's yeah I can totally resonate with that that whole control thing I know I probably haven't given you this impression planning this podcast but I actually quite like plan um day to day like if it's not written on my to-do list in the morning it's not a priority and it does not get done if it's not on that list my husband likes to really rip it out of me <laughs> that, um like he has to put what he needs um like shopping and stuff on that list because it just doesn't nothing gets done um and yeah not having that plan as I don't know like as, as a young like a younger woman like I would always be like right I'm going to meet someone get married have a baby live my life it definitely my plan has definitely hasn't gone to fun like that yeah. it's glorious I mean, but it's wiggled everywhere <laughs> and I think well, isn't that the truth for most people you know life you do you know everyone has these plans I think it starts at school you know you're told you go to school and you're going to do these exams and then you're going to do this and then that and then you know and you kind of map out your life around age 16 or something crazy and then it's not really a surprise when when things change yeah no it's crazy isn't it so yeah lack of control I think is a really big one and that comes up definitely can, comes up a lot for me personally but mm -hmm. also can really see that play out with that like in practice when I'm working with families and just that whole not knowing when things are going to change you're completely right if I said right Kimberly your new baby is going to sleep through at I'm just plucking this number out of the air by the way I have no yeah. idea like eight months and two days yes it's a really long time and it feels a really really long time when you're in it and it is tough and tiring nothing takes away from that yeah. but you've got a deadline or an end date or 
to work towards not babies mm-hmm. and never deadlines I didn't mean it like that but you've got an end day and you can draw on your reserves and you surrender I think that surrender to it is really important yeah absolutely and it's like a marathon if you know where the end is in sight you get that push and that motivation but when you don't have that end goal that's yeah. you know set in stone I think that can be really hard and that's something um that actually when I'm coaching I talk to my clients quite a lot about because there are while there's lots that's out of your control lots that has changed you know what I try and do is um you know help people focus in on what is in their control and then we work towards those things so it's never going to be something like when your baby sleeps through the night or you know any of those things but things that are within your control as much as you can and then that can really help just to reduce some of that feeling of being on the treadmill and you know take you off to to hitting some goals and things for yourself or your family and um, but that you know that you're proactively working towards and I think that that can really help just reduce some of that change you know that and that almost that feeling of chaos that mm-hmm. you get when you become a new parent so yeah that's something that um seems to really help people that I work with definitely I think chaos and control tend to go hand in hand don't they because the more out of control we are the more chaotic everything becomes the more chaotic everything becomes the more out of control we feel yeah absolutely I love that I call the dread the treadmill the dreadmill like it just feels <laughs> like you're just not going anywhere <laughs> that's how I'd feel if I tried to go back to a gym at the moment <laughs> Don't, I'm not even gonna go there. I absolutely love my gym classes, but I feel at the moment they're a bit of a slog at the moment. But it will again, change is strange. It will all come back, I'm sure. So we've 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 come to the conclusion that it is completely normal to worry. Most people will worry, and it's part of being a parent. Um, and actually, it's not just being a part of parent. I think it's part of life at some point even if you're not a natural worrier there will be periods of your life where you go through um more worry and I think it's things like having children pregnancy children marriage breakup of relationships at some point there's things are going to worry you do you have any tips or suggestions to help with the worry yeah absolutely and I think just building on your point there as well sometimes worry is really useful you know, so mm-hmm. there's, there's a natural reason we do worry, because if there is something to worry about, it helps us to to have that focus. And, you know, as long as we're not ruminating constantly and going around in circles, it can help to have that focus to, you know, address a problem or look for a solution. And um, so you're right, it's completely normal. And sometimes it's really useful. But when it's not useful is when we're worrying about things we can't change or we're kind of stuck in cycles of worry. Um, which I think is really common as well. Um, but one of my one of my favourite tips, and people always laugh at me with this one, but it's about having a worry hour or a worry half an hour. And that is your time to worry for that day. So for instance, if you're, um, you know, if you're still on maternity leave or something, actually quite often throughout the day, if you think of things you've worried, you can find yourself reaching for your phone, reaching for Dr. Google or, you know, looking things up um, quite a lot. But actually giving yourself an hour or half an hour, however long you need, and that is your time where you are going to allow yourself to worry. And this can be really, really useful because you kind of bank up all of the things that are kind of going on for later. And it really clears your mind to say, okay, I'm going to worry about that at 7 p.m. 
Mm-hmm. But right now I'm doing X, Y, and Z. And then you just carry on. And some people it can help them to have, to make a note in their phone of what they want to worry about later or what they want to think about later. Um, and then you might find that you get to the end of the day, you get to 7 p.m. and you go through your list and actually some things will have been resolved. Some things feel less worrying now. But if not, you have got that time to sit and think about them and to start doing something about them as well. So rather than just worrying when you're on your way to a play group, when you don't have time to do anything proactive about it, you've got this special time that is for you and your worries. And that can really help people just to free up the kind of mental load throughout the day to day. I really like the idea. I'm totally, instead of the cocktail hour, I'm going to have worry hour. <laughs> yeah, and you can add a glass of wine or a cocktail in as well to worry out, I'm sure. <laughs> I like a nice cup of tea and a biscuit. <laughs> yeah, lovely. I really, really like that idea. I, um, when I went through a really bad period of worrying, I used to keep a piece of paper on my desk and every time a worry thought would come into my head, I'd put it on the paper, which is similar. And yeah. it really did help. Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes just seeing it in front of you, you know, you're, you're almost more in charge of it once you've got it down on the paper. Yeah, and it really clear, writing it down, I think, and you're the coach here, but there's um, a psycho, there's a reason it's psychology that when we write something down, it shifts. Yeah, absolutely, because you're taking it from just the theoretical, you're bringing it into the kind of your practical brain. Yeah, so I really like that. Moving states, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then another thing I just want to touch on is mindfulness. <clears throat> and I know a lot of people will have, um, you know, we've now got some great apps like Calm is a great app for mindfulness or Headspace as well. I find them both really useful and my clients do too. Um, but so you don't always have chance to, you know, pop a 10 minute meditation on or something like that. So just having some mindfulness exercises that you kind of always have in your back pocket that you can pull out and use if you're if you're feeling really worried or really anxious and you want to kind of ground yourself in the moment I think if you've done any kind of birth prep so for example your hypnobirthing or just um, breathing techniques you know you might have done them at work before doing presentations just using those breathing techniques to ground yourself so taking four breaths in and then breathing out for eight breaths and that really calms down your nervous system and can help you take takes you out of that state of worrying and you know going round and round things in your head that can break the cycle and and another brilliant technique that I really like it has a fancy name but I can't remember it (laughs) but I call it the four things Um, and it's thinking of in your head four things you can see and you go through that so for instance I can see the window I can see a car I can see Kerry I can see my coffee cup Um, Four things you can hear, for instance, birds, voices, background noise, your feet on the floor, and then feel. So again, that could be, um, you know, your hands, hands on your lap, could be the heat coming through a window, um, could be, you know, the feeling of the floor underneath you, the feeling of your clothes on your skin, and just go through those three until you've calmed down and it really brings you back into the moment and it doesn't take long you can do that for you know 30 seconds just going through those things just 
really bring yourself into the here and now and what is happening right now. And that yeah. can, again, just interrupt that. If you find yourself really worrying a lot, that can just interrupt that cycle for you and bring you back into the moment. Yeah, I, I personally am a massive fan of that one. Um, there's also one called the Magic Hand, which is similar. I, yeah. I might Google it and see if I can put it on the on the show notes. But I'll definitely put... Um, I'm a big fan of mindfulness and I think some people think mindfulness is where you've got to sit and meditate for hours a day to get the benefits. You really don't even just five or 10 minutes or even just 30 seconds, like a big belly breath and just coming back to the moment can make a really big, like make such a big difference. I'm a massive fan of meditation. It really made such a difference. Um, and I don't sit there for hours, but mindfulness could even be, I don't know, when you're washing your hands and you just concentrate on, it's about being in the moment, concentrate on washing your hands, how the soap feels, the heat. You could do it whilst feeding your baby as well, concentrating on how that feels, that look like a lot of it is coming back into the moment. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it just helps us focus on what is happening because it can be so easy and I you know as I said I am born worrier so for me I could easily sit there and pass out half an hour (laughs) worrying about things that may never happen so I find that really really useful just to bring myself back into the moment and especially if you are at home in those early days or even you know even not I mean you know when your baby's eight nine months you know that sort of time can be challenging for lots of mums because you're starting to think about maybe going back to work or you're thinking about different things of development with your baby weaning all of that sort of stuff and I think you can just lose that time um worrying without uh oh I don't mean I don't mean without an action but without doing anything about it and I think actually sometimes just bring yourself back in the moment and think okay I will do something about that this is what I'm going to do or I'm not or just you know just relaxing for that minute you know it is okay to relax and not be worrying all the time yeah small changes I'm a yeah. big fan of small changes can make can see even bigger changes so these real really small moments of mindfulness in your day can help and actually my husband will hate me for saying this but <laughs> I highly doubt he listens to this but when we first um I've all like I've not always been into it probably for the last 10 years I've really got into that side of meditating and being really aware and all of that and he just did not get it at all um he had no idea what I was doing he thought I was he just thought it was a bit silly he just didn't understand it and now he does his little mindful moment I haven't told him to do it because I think we help we teach other by people not by instructing them to do it by by inspiring them seeing us do it and seeing the impact on us but now he goes and sits down he got a funny name for it in the shower Mm, I can't remember, but he's got a funny name for it in the shower. It sounds, now I've said that out loud, it sounds a bit dodgy, but it isn't. Divine download, like it's absolutely hilarious. And I'll go to him and he'll be like, nope, I'm having a mindful moment. Like he's totally on board with it. And I never thought he would be somebody that would meditate and be about mindfulness. He even bought a colouring book, Kimberly. Oh, I love it. I know. I've got lots of them littered about the place. I think my daughter's stolen most of them now. <laughs> yeah, and a panic pad. I'm going to put this in. It's by, um, oh, she's lovely. She is the lady that does, um, that did the pins, you know, the carry out pins. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think you've got one. 
and um, she designed a panic pad um, where it's like an A4 piece of paper and it's a journey. You sit down and I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, I have filled in quite a few, but it was like, what are you worried about right now? We're worrying about this change yet. What can you do to alleviate the worry? Is there any action you want to take? And it kind of wiggles, it takes you on a journey on this page. It's like a whole A4 pad of these of the of the, these pages, panic page or panic pad. And at the end, it I think it gets you to how you're feeling about it. And I felt I got one for my husband, and he absolutely loved it. And I love it too. Um, I'll put that in the show notes too. Yeah, I'm definitely getting one of those. That sounds brilliant. I don't know whether she still does. I'm hoping I'll have a look. And if she still do, if she still does them, I'll put them on the show notes because, honestly, that something. So it's often the really simple things that can make such a big difference, isn't it? But yeah. it made a really, really big difference. Fantastic. Yeah, you feel cool. completely different after you've gone through it. It's like your own little therapy session on a page. Yeah. No, definitely. When does worry become? Oh, do you have any other tips for worry? um yeah just a couple but we can I can go <laughs> we can go where you're going and I can come back to them okay the only question I really have I would definitely want to hear more of your tips is when does worry when does the worry become a worry like when is the worrying a problem yeah I think I would say and it is different it, you know I'll say it's different for everyone and um, if you've never been a worrier but all of a sudden you're filled with worry and you you know you're not sleeping and it's taking up a lot of your thoughts. If it's, you know, if it's interrupting your family time or your time, if you're doing things that you normally enjoy, but you can't enjoy them because you're so worried, I'd say that's a bit of a flag or an indicator. Um, and I'd say just just that that sort of thing, if you're losing interest in things because you're worried or you're finding things very, very frightening and you're, you're worrying a lot in circles about you know, similar things or, or everything, then it might be time to, I'd definitely say, talk, you know, talk to somebody. Yeah. If it, if it's becoming like that. So, you know, GP is a great place, health visitor, and, um, you know, even, you know, talking to friends can really help, you know, just opening up. I think I'm always amazed that when I open up about something, you know, like postnatal depression or anything like that, the amount of people that kind of put their hands up and go, oh, me too. Um, and I think so having people that you can talk to and open up with is really important. So I'd always say if, if you're experiencing that, definitely seek support. Um, because I actually never even realised about postnatal anxiety. I thought there was only mm. kind of postnatal depression. But actually postnatal anxiety is really common too. Your GP would have seen it, they would have you know it's really common for them to never be afraid to to seek help if you are you know finding yourself really anxious really worried um all the time I definitely say open up as soon as you can yeah definitely the only two things I'd like to add to that is when you start and I think you you did I think you did touch on it is when you start to modify your behavior Mm -hmm. that makes sense for that worry so For example, I didn't want to get on a train for ages, so I would stop. It started that I wouldn't go on a train and then I wouldn't get on a bus and then I didn't want to get in a lift and then I didn't want the doors locked. Um, 
I just I'm really claustrophobic and I have to work really hard like again being totally honest and vulnerable something I have to really work on I once got locked in the office and Hester had to come and um, my office buddy had to come and get me out I was in bits mm, gosh, that's really <laughs> horrible tough. so yeah, yeah when you start avoiding or your behavior changes to such a degree that's I think yeah. a really red flag and I also agree just talking about it like the minute you start even yeah just talking about it with I think if it's really bothering you like as you said get in contact with your GP but a friend my inbox is always open I'm always happy to uh, well not happy to hear that people are struggling or worrying of course that came out completely wrong but I'm always happy to hear from people and I will always try to respond to as many as I possibly can or sign point you in like help you to get the support that you need and yeah I think it's so important to keep talking about it yeah absolutely and quite often um, and then actually this is something I've been thinking about a lot with the pandemic and um, I saw the other day in the park a group of new mums sitting together with their babies you know on little mats in front of them in the park and I thought oh my god when was the last time I saw that and it just made me so happy to see that you know people actually getting back together in you know those groups and they are so important and I think you know a lot of people you know, make snide remarks about mum friends. And I think, gosh, I couldn't have done it myself the last two years without my mum friends, you know. And that's not to say other friends aren't important at all. It's just if you're, you know, if you're up at six o'clock in the morning with a refluxy baby and you've not slept all night, you know, reaching out and saying, you know, this is really hard. It can be easier sometimes to do that to a friend who's in a similar situation. Yeah, Um, definitely. And, you know, and I think, that kind of having that group around you of supportive people. Um, and that's where I think, you know, the pandemic's really, you know, disrupted this for a lot of mums. And so there'll be mums thinking, you know, I don't have that necessarily that group of mum friends yet. And I think my biggest tip there would be just really put yourself out there. And it feels so awkward at first. <laughs> and, you know, it can, it's a bit like dating, but yeah. you know, be, be that person who finds that little voice at the end of the play group or the sing and sign or whatever it is to say, does anyone fancy a coffee? Because if you're thinking it, there will be several others in that room thinking the same thing and thinking, yeah. gosh, I wish someone would just say, does yeah. anyone want to grab a coffee? Yeah. Do you, do you watch Motherland? Yes, I love it. Um, it's <laughs> so funny. Do you remember that? I think it was, it was, it was either Motherland or The Letdown when that um when she was trying to make mum friends and she followed them home I love that <laughs> honestly it's I love that and I know you've got a similar story like, like I love that story yeah. like she was just turning up everywhere stalking her trying to make friends and it's yeah it's I know what you mean about mum friends like just surely they're just friends just everybody's yeah. just a friend um but yeah that was really that really makes me laugh so I'm gonna put but if you haven't if you're listening and you haven't watched the motherland is it Motherland or Motherload? Motherland, I think. I think it's Motherland yeah. and oh, the Letdown. Oh, oh my goodness. Hilarious. Oh, my gosh. It's just my sense of you. I think I was sobbing at the TV. <laughs> it was so funny. And then the other place to make friends that I've just discovered is on Peanut. At Peanut. You know, the, yeah, uh, I have. Yeah. yeah, I've got that. Yeah. It's a little bit like Tinder now. Full disclosure, I've never been on Tinder because I met my husband. I did meet him online, funnily enough, but um, met him before, this is how old we are, met him before dating apps came along, so before Tinder, thank goodness. But I have seen my friends do Tinder. 
oh god I sound so ridiculous I'll do Tinder like do Facebook I've heard of this thing called Tinder that one does <laughs> it's so funny so do the Facebook um but or do Tinder but Peanut I've joined on there to um primarily to get some support with trying to conceive but also um to you can go on and you can do pods and you can talk about you can just go on it's it's like a podcast but people come on with you so mm-hmm. I'm trying to exp- I'm not explaining it very well you need to go and have a look at it but it's basically a Facebook live but no video it's just audio but people can talk back to you if that mm-hmm. makes sense so like a zoom but without the without the videos I guess and it's really it is a little bit like Tinder you get faced with all these women and you can swipe whether you like them or not it's not for it's like most things it's not going to be for everybody um I don't think I'm going to use it for that part but if you are looking for um friends or support like it's I was really skeptical before skeptical 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 before I went on and I was just like oh just another app but I was actually really pleasantly surprised at how well they've designed the app how nice it feels and how easy it is to use and the support on there it's amazing and you can um just like tinder you can get it so I've been told you can get it in the um in your local area as well so you can find people near you yeah that's what I did and I think it's really useful and that and if you're just talking about stalking people and things, I also <laughs> don't recommend stalking people. But, um, you know, I, I've never been the most sociable of people. I love to chat, but I used to be the type of person that I knew, you know, I had a close group of friends and that was kind of me done for life, really. Um, but I met probably, you know, one of my absolute closest friends. Literally, I was walking past her house and she had a baby outside. And she just stopped me and said, hey, you've got a baby too. And I said, yes. And she went, great, should we swap numbers? And I honestly got thought she was nuts. I really thought we'd never, I don't know how this has worked. And now, I mean, I see her at least a couple of times a week. I couldn't, honestly couldn't have done it without her the last two years. So just even if the person you're talking to does think you're slightly nuts, go for it. Because <laughs> I'm so glad that she just stopped me in the street. And, you know, the girls are great friends. And it's just, yeah, it's just the best. So, you know, if you can find that, that little voice to speak up or to say yes to something because it's so easy. So at the end of a class or something to go, I just want to go home and hide, you know, especially yeah. if you've been unsettled or, you know, Etty used to scream for every baby massage bus. I just used to want to run home, but, you know, finding that one time to say yes and go for it and kind of, you know, make, meet your tribe. I think yeah, makes a huge difference because we all, we all worry differently, but there's lots of commonalities around, what we're worrying about when you've got children of a similar age yeah I love that story I've heard full disclosure me and Kimberly are friends and um and peers as well with what we do um but primarily friends and I love that story so I'm really glad you shared it but in my head it was always the other way around I always thought it was you that did that but I love it that you were really socially awkward and she did that to you I think we've all done it I know I've done it it's how I met Hester my uh, office buddy I love that. I love those stories. Yeah. Well, she was a friend of somebody else that I used to work with, and I saw her, and I was like, "We're going to be friends." You don't know it yet, but we're going to be friends. <laughs> when you know, you know. Now we've moved in together. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I think you just know when you connect with someone. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah, you get that vibe. It's yeah. all about that. Well, cool. I know we we are running out of time because it's coming up to dinner, bath, and that time of day but did you have any last minute tips you said you had a couple of other quick tips for worry 
I think my last one would just be about practicing self-compassion. And I think, um, and obviously self-care is really important too. So, you know, anything that makes you feel good. But I think self-compassion is really about how we talk to ourselves. And when you are faced with all this worry and you are faced with all these shoulds that, you know, you hear a lot in the kind of parenting world or even at mum groups or whatever, you know, lots of, oh, you should be doing this, you should be doing that. I think just that voice that you talk to yourself with is really important, especially when you are worrying or anything. So um, two of my tips here really is, I always ask everyone I work with, if you ever work with me, I will ask you this question at some point is, what would you say to your best friend? So if you're really worried or you're beating yourself up or you're ruminating or thinking something that you did wrong or the day hasn't gone perfectly, your baby's unsettled, you know, whatever it is, just taking a minute to step back, take a few deep breaths and say, what would I say to my best friend if she said, you know, it's the exact same thing that happened to her. And then taking that advice for yourself. So you talk, really talking to yourself as if you would your closest friend. And I think that, having that compassion for yourself is really vital because you are learning all the time as a parent you are learning every single day and growing as your baby grows and so I think that just being kind to yourself and if you have spent half a day worrying about something that later on you think why did I worry about that or I haven't done anything or I did that wrong just taking that step back and thinking okay well how how can I talk to myself kindly and with compassion about this and it may feel silly to start with once you've done it a couple of times, actually, you'll really see the benefit. Yeah. And then my last one is very similar to my, uh, you know, not burn the books exactly, but just unfollow anyone who makes you worry more. You know, social media, Facebook, what, all of that stuff. You know, if they people you follow make you worry more or question yourself as a parent, unfollow them. Because, you know, really curate your feed full of people that uplift you and inspire and empower you because you don't need any more worry thrown at you. You don't want to be worrying about things that you weren't worried about until you thought you should be. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So just really being almost ruthless with who you follow. And the same with books. And I've said this to Kerry so many times, but the liberation I felt when my daughter was about eight weeks old and I threw out every single book on routine and, you know, all of that stuff that wasn't working for me. And it does work for other people. But if a book or a person you follow is making you feel uncomfortable or worried, stop reading it. Stop following yeah. it. Yeah. Know, you don't have to do anything that isn't right for you and your baby. And I think that that can all add to your worry. So just be ruthless. Only read the things that make you feel good and, yeah. and empowered. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that would be my final kind of tip. Yeah. I, d- I did that. I went through, it took me a good, this is what happens when you're in lockdown and you're that bored. I took the whole, I think it took me a day to really curate my Instagram feed. I There's a mute button where you can mute stories and posts. So if you don't want to unfollow them, because that might be embarrassing or I, I do unfollow people, I must admit. Um and I don't mind when people unfollow me either. Like if I want you to be there because you want to be there, not because for any other reason. Um, but yeah, if you're worried about unfriending, uh, unfollowing or unfriending somebody on Instagram, you can mute their stories and post. You can do it separately. And it made a really big difference. So everything I saw, as soon as I go into my Instagram feed, I feel good about it. And it makes a really big difference. Yeah, amazing. 
really good big difference and then my last tuppence worth is just a really quick tip there's and it comes back to the shoulds there, is, there are so many shoulds when it comes to sleep you should wean them they should be in their own room you should stop feeding you should introduce formula they should be napping in a cot oh my goodness it doesn't it should 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 should, should. it's everywhere and i'm not usually a very sweary person and <laughs> that's not a word even but I think we, my whole approach is or what I'm trying to do is get parents to shove the shoulds because there are no shoulds it only could so when you hear that word should it really does stir up um, things that we should be doing this and if you're not doing it you're doing something wrong swapping that should for could it's such a, a simple switch but it helps it really really helps massively um, so for example I should night wean you could then ask yourself, I could night wean, and actually, is this something I want to do? It's such a small thing, but again, small things make a big difference. And then the other one, you can do the same with the word must. This comes up a lot. I should need must. Masturbation, they call it in therapist terms. Where you, as soon as you hear, I must do this, I must do that, I must, 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 must. And again, just turning around that, swapping that word must for may, or I might rather than you know must is again it's quite a powerful word in context isn't it yeah absolutely I love that that's so that pressure yeah it. it wasn't our full disclosure I don't know where that came from but I saw it on I've, I've saw it ages ago and I absolutely loved it I love a play on words do you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you remember it like because you like every time now you'll hear the word must you'll remember that and you're like yes I'm I may do that or I could do that. And it just makes a big difference. The other thing I found really helpful is to notice the thought. Like quite often you, when you're in that cycle of worry, that worry just goes round and round and round and round. And you, even you can lose sight of A, what you're worrying about, but also what's going on around you. So I say out loudly, if I notice myself getting into a worry, I, in a worry cycle, I literally say that I'm noticing that I am feeling dot, dot, dot. and that also helps interrupt that thought pattern as well sometimes and can move you out of that cycle absolutely and you're doing it without any pressure to change that thought you're just yeah it's there yeah, yeah. i'm yeah. noticing that and then quite often it will just drift apart I, I mean sometimes i can't remember what i was thinking about this it's all good oh kimberly i could talk to you all day about i've had such a good time have you is there anything else you would like to share um, I just actually I'm just thinking of when we've been talking about worries and things I'm really excited something I've launched recently is a um sec- a course for second time mums and dads to be or parents um because I think the worries you get there are totally different and lots of people expect you again all these shoulds and musts and um not to have worries because you've done it all once before so um it's a hypnobirthing and coaching combined course so I'm really excited about about that it's just um two hours over four evenings um and yeah just really fresh look at kind of becoming a parent for the second time and or third or fourth and actually talking through all of the different things that you may be thinking about this time that you didn't last time so improving your birth experience or repeating a great birth experience even and preparing your firstborn for the change all of that stuff um so I'm really excited for that and that starts in June okay that's I'm really excited about that will you share me the link and I will put that in the notes as well I will do thank you and actually I think that is I 
from working with lots of parents I think that is something that is really needed because there's even sometimes I think there's even more pressure second time round to not make that I don't believe parents ever make mistakes but not to do the make if if something didn't quite go to plan the first time to put that right and we put more pressure even more pressure on ourselves second time round so I think that is very much needed and I'm I'm going to look into that thank you well it was absolutely lovely talking to you Kimberly best of luck with baby number two you haven't got very long I know it's exciting I'm really excited so no and thank you so much for having me on it's been I you know I love chatting to you so it's been brilliant pleasure and hopefully people listening as well will will have found it reassuring and useful um I feel there's there's a lot in there that can help Thank you so much for listening to me, your host, Kerry Secker, on the Carry Out Sleep Show. I really hope you found this podcast episode reassuring, informative, but most importantly, it helps you and your small to a more settled night's sleep the caring way. If you did, please don't forget to subscribe to the show below, leave me some feedback or share it with a parent pal. I love hearing that you love listening. My next podcast episode will be available in two weeks time. But if you really can't wait that long, please come and find me over on Instagram at Care Out Sleep Consultant. I update my sleep squares and speak about sleep there on the daily. Big love and sleep solidarity. Until next time.